0: Hello and welcome to another episode of That Which Does Not Kill Us. I am your host Sarah Arnold and um, today's been an interesting day so far. had some really good conversation and at the same time I've already recorded three episodes of They Always Suffer in Act Two and obviously afterwards I decided to be uh, a normal person, is what I would really say. Like, I was about to say something self-deprecating. But, um, I decided to just do normal people shit and get on to social media because that's what normal people do anymore. We all like to doom scroll for, you know, whatever reason as a hobby. And so I decided to get on social media today after I recorded the last two episodes and... Um, something popped up in my memories, and that would be um, some trips that I had taken with my ex. Uh, the first one was in 2017. We ended up driving down to Little Rock to go see Baby Metal open for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And for the most part, it was a really good time. You know, um, I don't remember there really being a lot of stress to that trip which is abnormal because that's not, um, that wasn't the norm like for whatever reason it seemed like there was always some kind of fighting involved whenever we would go to anywhere really you know like I don't know why but we just couldn't fucking travel without getting into some kind of a fight and so this became a normal thing every time that he wanted to fucking go somewhere is you know we would wind up getting into these fights about stupid shit that's really unnecessary you know and so this is one of the things that came up in my memories was that reminder that you know I don't know however the fuck many years ago today six years ago today sure whatever I don't know math That six years ago today um, is when we were traveling down to Little Rock for this concert, and then five years ago today we were driving back home from going to my grandma's funeral services, and we had made a pit stop at some uh, like little tourist destination in the southern part of Illinois where they have. A lot of the world's largest things, so like the world's largest golf tee, or like the world's largest rocking chair, pitchfork. I can't remember what else, but either way, that location's Casey, Illinois. If you're curious, it it was fun, you know. And uh, in that, um, one of the things that stands out to me is that at some point or another while we were on that trip for my grandma's funeral is one of the first conversations we ever had in terms of gender identity and what I'm gonna say about this is it wasn't really what I would refer to as a concrete conversation and I'll be frank I can't remember all of the details of the conversation but it was kind of, like, hypothetical, you know, and by that what I mean is, like, um, we were just kind of talking about, like, each of us having, like, you know, feminine and masculine aspects to the self and, um, which of these traits were more admirable than others and, you know, exploring into, and, again, like, it was very literally, a hypothetical like almost philosophical conversation about gender identity okay and this is in 2018 so yeah you fucking do the math i'll let you figure that the fuck out but um what i'm gonna say though is this um having come across those memories coupled with the recording of the episodes that i just did it kind of has me feeling a little heavy because for lack of a, for lack of a better way of putting it, when it comes to my circumstances, you know, in terms of like my marriage and everything that happened, you know, regardless of time or distance, it's still a lot to process you know, there's still a lot for anyone to process, I mean, in ending any, any long-term relationship, really, but at the same time, um, it's just, I don't know, like, it's just, it's heavy, you know what I mean? It's really fucking heavy to, um, reflect on these things, you know, especially, like, today, perfect example, like, this was one of the signs, you know what I mean? Like this was one of the tiny little signs of what was to come that, um, what I would say about the topic of my ex's gender identity and how all that played out in the end of our marriage is this, there were clues, there were context clues, okay, about what was to come, but what they were coupled with the infrequent nature of them coming out didn't seem to be alarming you know in my mind I feel like if all of those things happened within a culmination of like maybe six months or a year oh yeah I am 100% certain I definitely would have picked up on something about that Um, but because this is something where these little speckles came out over the time frame of 15 years, it didn't seem to be alarming, is what I would say. And um, the thing about that is this, and like, really, I, I feel this at my core, and I don't know, like, how to process this or anything to that effect. Um, the thing that I struggle with when I honestly reflect on my second marriage is trying to understand, like, was any of this real? You know what I mean? And by that, like, I say that because of, um, a lot of the behaviors that had developed within the parameters of the marriage, you know, um, there were a lot of behaviors where I was being put down or where I was being controlled and things to that effect. And what I've observed now that my ex is, you know, stepping into their own role and actually stepping into the person that they've always wanted to be is that this person that they're putting out into the world is not so dissimilar from the person that they were putting down behind closed doors within the parameters of that relationship. And so obviously there was a very heavy theme of envy and jealousy in. Um, you know what I mean? Like, basically trying to negate me because they were also negating themselves. And at the same time, like, the other thing that really um, bubbles up is how much of this relationship was based on a desire for connection and how much of this was actually based on the desire to live vicariously through someone else, you know? And it's haunting, you know? It's really haunting because um, there is something, um, God, like it hurts, I guess if I had to put it into words, you know? Like it hurts to think that I spent that much time of my life with somebody who was wearing a mask, and who only valued me for what I could give to them, and how they, you know what I mean, how they could live through me, and I, it's just, there, it's such a mindfuck, like, it is such a mindfuck, and working through being able to let these things go and you know what I mean? Like process all of that stuff. And like it's an overwhelming task. Um, it's a very overwhelming task to try to process all of these things. Um, like I have days where I feel like I'm doing better. Like I'm doing a lot better. But at the same time, what I've noticed is I probably have these days where I'm doing a lot better because I'm not dealing with it or I'm not, maybe not not dealing with it. Like I am dealing with it when it comes up, but like, I'm not facing it. You know what I mean? Because like, obviously today as I'm, you know, reading and then being reminded of these things, um, through my Facebook memories, like it's got me in a little bit of a state because I think there's some part of me that like, it's almost like it embeds like a certain level of fear in me, you know, in terms of being able to open myself up to, to, you know, any outside sources of love, you know, And like, I I think for me, the biggest hurdle that I'm trying to fumble fuck my way through is trying to figure out that I can have feelings and it's, it's not unsafe for me to have feelings and that, you know, somewhere out there, um, love exists. That is not this selfish and defeating and overwhelming thing, you know, because my experiences are jaded and so I have a hard time not getting wrapped in fear because of the experiences that I've had, you know. And at the same time, like I think, and this kind of ties into what I was talking about this morning, um, in terms of the intellectualizing is, and I realized this literally like today, like as I was recording some shit, like I think one of the reasons why I do this on a subconscious level is because I have never received the message with anyone that it is safe for me to feel, you know, like, be it myself or others, like, there, there is no safe haven for me to feel, um, and so, um, when I do feel things, more often than not, there's a certain level of, like, nakedness and exposure that comes along with that, and because of the people that I have been involved with, in, you know, like, family situations in my upbringing, and then, you know, any of the romantic endeavors I've ever experienced, like, not just marriages, boyfriends, and shit, too, like, it's not okay for me to feel, like, me feeling is not a safe place to be, because the end result is that I get hurt, and... It's a very difficult place to exist in. And, like, realistically speaking, like, I'm a very sensitive person. Like, I have a lot of feelings. I just don't want to deal with them. And so they, you know, like, I can sometimes shut them down. Or maybe I force myself to. I don't fucking know. But, um, and maybe this is a side effect of the intellectualizing that when I do feel things I feel them very deeply and it's it's like a tidal wave whenever that emotion comes up and it doesn't matter what kind of emotion it is if it's joy if it's sadness if it's anxiety if it's anger like whatever that feeling is it is so strong and it is so overwhelming that like it's almost overpowering and I think to some degree or another, even if I'm by myself, like I don't feel safe within those parameters. And so I shut it down because I don't know, it's, a, it's like a it's a uh fuck. It's like a defense mechanism, you know, for self preservation. Because I mean I don't know, like I, looking at my parents, like, I don't, they're unhealthy, you know, and I mean, I don't think my fucking coping mechanisms are any healthier realistically, but I think they help me to be a more high-functioning member of society, but at the same time, they keep me very guarded, and so, I don't know, all I'll, I'll of the whole experience of doing um, the podcasts and fucking reviewing the writing. Like, it's really got, like, it's got me having a lot of feelings about things. And it's, I don't know, like, I I don't really have words to describe this experience. But at the same time, like, I feel like it's necessary for me to be going through this, you know, because I want to function as a normal human being. Um, without feeling constantly overstimulated you know like I don't know I have probably described that to people like a handful of times but it's almost like um, to me anyway my description of being overstimulated it's like living within the parameters of an anxiety attack but on a neurological level and sometimes it's coupled with like this overwhelming like weighted blanket of dread And, um, I'm doing these things because what I've noticed is as difficult as it is is to deal with these things at the same time, what I have realized is everything else that I was doing before this point clearly wasn't fucking working for me. So this is my something new. This is my something different. I'm fucking writing it out. I'm reading it. And when I read it, I feel it. And I'm letting myself feel it. Even though I don't want to. And I'm talking about it. And I'm sharing it with whomever the fuck you are. And hoping that maybe listening to this will help you. Through whatever the fuck your process is. You know, because everybody's different. And at the same time, like one of the things I saw recently or heard recently, I don't fucking know, I take in a lot of media is that you've got to feel it to heal it. And I, I want some sense of normalcy. And it seems like in the long run, all of these tools that I'm utilizing are slowly helping to provide that. So, you know, the writing of the autobiography, the recording of these two different podcasts, um, the 8D audio, like, EMDR videos that I've been plugging on fucking TikTok, you know, it's, it's all helping me to process these things that I've just had, you know, trapped in my mind and trapped in my body for years, you know, just some longer than others depending on what the subject and the category is and I guess the biggest takeaway that I'm trying to, you know, get into is like who am I? You know what I mean? Like at a cellular level outside of all of this bullshit, like who am I? And then The only other thing I can think of as, like, a possible takeaway is, like, I I feel like to some degree or another, this has to be, like, my purpose. Like, my purpose is to, um, find a way to help others to deal with this shit or whatever, you know what I mean? To help others in some capacity or another, to help them grow professionally, personally, whatever, and then at the same time to be the best version of myself that I can be, you know, and right now, what I'm really doing, and this is what, this is what I've been working on over the last couple of years, actually. It's, you know, it's been a slow process, but I'm happy with the progress that I've made, is that, um, becoming the best version of myself that I can be and seeing where I was a few years ago compared to where I'm at now, um, the biggest change has been, my ability to empathize with other people and for lack of a better way of putting it to see how they're broken you know when it comes to these interactions because before I would only see things through my perspective and I would be very hyper aggressive and very angry and like the only thing that I saw was You know what I mean? My perspective and my perception. I wasn't really open to anything else. And now it's like the only thing I can see when I'm interacting with other people, you know, even in situations of upset. Like I don't deal with them the same, like at all. Um, I have a lot of control over how I deal with those interactions. I'm really fucking proud of that. But um, the only thing I see a lot of times when I'm interacting with people, even when they're being pieces of shit is like how they are broken like how is this person broken where is this stemming from and i think the ability to do that is having a very positive impact on my relationships with other people because instead of just saying things from my own point of view i can wrap my head around what they're going through and then react to that accordingly you know and by that i mean like so if i was in that asshole's shoes what would I want? You know? And that's really all it is. Like, you know, if, if I'm interacting with another human being on any kind of a level, like, what I'm trying to keep in mind is, if I was in that person's situation, what would I want from this? You know what I mean? Like, what would give me comfort? What would give me joy? What would make me feel safe? What would make me feel happy if I was that motherfucker with however the fuck they're broken? And that's, you know what I mean? That's really been my biggest point of evolution, you know? And then obviously to go forward and do things with no regrets, you know? Because realistically speaking, like, I would rather die regretting the things that I did than regretting the things that I didn't do. So, it gives me a little bit of a carelessness and it's, and it's not like in a negative way either, like at all. It's just, it, it, there's like a certain carefree aspect to like, you know what, whatever, like I'm going to do this anyway. <laughs> it's probably a terrible fucking idea, but I'm going to do this anyway because I don't want to regret, you know what I mean? Like I don't want to look back and wonder what if, you know? And so yeah, that's where I'm at right now is deciding, fuck it. Like I don't, I don't want to wonder what if. And so I'm trying to make smarter decisions and you know it's a process. That's all I can say. You know, learning and growth are it's a process, you know. The biggest takeaway, and this is something I would say, fucking put this in your pocket, say the shiver later, okay? Rome wasn't built in a day. And slow progress is better than no progress. And so to that I would say, even if you're taking small steps, if you take two steps forward, one step back, it doesn't fucking matter. Keep going at it. Like, and if, if that's what works for you, cool. Do the two 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 to one, you know. Eventually you'll get to where you want to be. It might take a little longer. You know, you might be taking the scenic route, but whatever, you know, it's something. You're not giving up. You're not giving up on yourself and you're not giving up on, you know, the people who care about you assuming that they are in fact people that genuinely do care about you because you know there are a lot of people out there that are fucking users and abusers and you want to stay away from them motherfuckers so yeah and to that effect I think I'm gonna end my second rant of the day here um in the meantime everybody out there first of all thank you for listening um like, share, follow, subscribe, all that happy good shit. You know, if you think this might resonate with somebody in your life, fucking share it with them. That's the whole point is to share and help others. And otherwise, take care of yourselves and be well.